I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of ButcherBox, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com mega and use code MEGA to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Al Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. <laughs> This month is... Wow! Oh, oh, oh. oh Maze, why'd you say that? Supercharge it. <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional mega church. I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we're giving our mega church a tiny family feel. We introduce you to members of our church staff and our community. It's a treat and a treasure. Well, per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Haas, everybody. Hey, Hallie, how are you doing? Oh, well, oh. normally I would be worried to have the after lunch slump. We just had a big lunch, huh? I know. That was a really, uh, <laughs> I mean, we've just had a really intense, I guess I would just say amazing day. Yes, I am filled with adrenaline, Gray. Nobody is going to even ever believe, if you weren't there to see it, you wouldn't hardly believe it. Oh, I, that's all I have to say. We walk them through, I guess what we're coming from because I feel like it's important for people to know just how awesome the leadership here at Twin Hills is. Yes, dear listener, get ready to have your minds blown about what real leadership looks like. We are so blessed. God has really poured out a blessing onto our church to give us such a powerful leader in our lead pastor, Steve. He he founded the church. Yeah, over uh, old uh, Chinese laundry, which was uh, yes. amazing. It's such a God thing. 
And so here we are to set the scene for you. Gray and I were both in the same staff meeting this morning. Yes. It was a late morning staff meeting. Everything seems fine. But when Steve came into the room, it was with a, what do you say, gravitas? Oh, yeah. I think he was just absolutely piping hot with anger, Hallie. And usually yeah. you do not see him like this because he's kind of a CEO type almost. He's Very always stoic. So totally cool, calm, and collected is how he's usually described. But I could tell he was just really angry. His his fists were clenched. He was just turning all crimson around the collar. Yeah. And so, you know, the whole temperature in the room sort of changed because everyone's right. so tuned in to what Steve is, you know, feeling and, and all of that. We're just, we're, we're, he's such a powerful leader that like, he sets the temperature in the room. He oh, does. exactly. And, and it came to light, I guess, pretty quickly that. And Steve just said it outright. He said, Ugh. one of you has betrayed me. I, I know. I can't. Honestly, at that I moment, I it. Oh, <gasps> it was just, I, my stomach dropped, Allie. Oh. And I was like, please, it's not me. I know it's not me. I know it's not me. I was like, is this like the Last Supper with, you know, Judas kissing Jesus or something? What is about to go down right now? I was honestly, I, I, I held my breath for what felt like a solid how long did the episode last? 30 minutes, an hour and a half? I don't oh, know. I know. I mean, I was holding my breath most of the time. That's why I kept, you know, grabbing onto the chair because I kept feeling like I was going to black out. Yeah. But basically what happened, Hallie, is, and listeners, is that Steve revealed to us that, you know, through some searching, through internal emails um, and, you know, finding ways to do some surveillance on on our staff's accounts mm -hmm. which is good accountability absolutely. is a tenant of the christian faith you use the church emails those emails belong to the church and thus steve and so steve found that one of our teaching pastors had been conspiring to split off and start his own church. And not to name names, but it was teaching pastor Casey Llewellyn. And that is just he... a heartbreaker because, you know, most people like Casey, even though, I don't know, Hallie, I've never really liked his teaching style. Now that it's, you know, this has happened, I, I think I can say this, is he's just always a little bit like, you know, he's just like the nice guy and he's always saying like, you know, he just feels a little namby-pamby. You know? you know, I always loved Casey Llewellyn as a teaching pastor because he brings a lot of heart and I feel like he talks to us like he's just a regular person. Yeah, but you know, you know to me, Hallie, you got to have heart, but you got to have something to back that up. Mm -hmm. And he just never had it. And I that just thing didn't is called character. He really brought it. Uh huh. So Steve basically pointed to Casey and he said, "You know, you tried to start a church out from under me. Yeah. And now you're going to pay the consequences. It, just, it doesn't even feel real, Gray. That, really that somebody doesn't. was wanting to branch off How and leave you? Twin Hills. You're an idiot if you even try." Oh, I can't even believe it. He wanted to do some uh, church plant, I guess. I guess so. And Casey, as soon as he got the finger pointed at him, he just, you know, obviously started freaking out. Yeah. And a couple of other people started freaking out because it's clear that they were sort of in cahoots. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Steve took this opportunity to do something I've never even seen before. He said, guys, we're going to play a little game called Golden Cow Corral. Based on the golden calf in the Old Testament, exactly. right? Right. And everyone's kind of looking around going, okay, never heard of that. I think he was making it up on the spot, to be oh, honest. Really? That's just how his mind works. He's able to come up with metaphors and, and lead so powerfully with this really intense masculinity, which is 
what you need out of exactly. a leader, to be totally honest. And so I think he, honestly, I think he meant golden calf corral. But because it sounds of the a golden, bit bad, calf. golden cow corral. Yeah. I and mean, so we're going with golden cow because maybe it's that Casey's sin has grown from a calf into a cow, to be honest with you. He basically pointed at Casey and he said, if you're going to follow this guy, you're going to follow this golden cow, then I'm going to make you prove it. And he said, Casey, get on all four knees in the middle of the circle. Get on all fours. Right. Yeah, yeah I mean, like a, like I the mean, way a cow I, or a I, calf stands. I said all four knees, but I guess I just thought of that. Because if you look at his elbows, they do look like They're knees. knee-like. Yeah, he does have big I agree. Big, and it's like elbows. knee skin on the right. elbows. It's really, yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. Really weird. A lot of skin tags. Anyway, he made him get down in the middle of the whole circle of leadership. Uh-huh. And also with his little minions, mm-hmm. a couple little minions. He said, around, who's with him? And they got down on all four all knees. Four. Oh, did I say knees again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but but there, now there were multiple knees. knees. Now right. there were lots of knees on the floor because Casey had a few followers, I guess you would call them. And not to name names, but it was um, Tandy Tyers and mm-hmm. uh, Jocelyn McLaughlin. Mm-hmm. And so it, th- this part really gave me <laughs> yeah, because a, a lot of joy. Steve started saying, what does a cow say? And they were looking at him like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, but make the sound of a cow. What does a cow say? And they were like, moo. And he's like, no. You do it like a cow. Right. In their and faces. that was awesome too, Hallie, because, you know, in Australia, uh, cows don't say moo, moo, you know, in different cultures. Uh, they go moi, moi. And so that, that mm. was just a learning moment for me. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. But he didn't even want him saying moo. He wanted him to do the thing like a real cow goes like, mm-hmm. and stick the tongues out. Yeah. And then he said, now, if you're going to leave, run through that door and everybody, you've got to stop them. So on all fours. They had to stay on all fours. They had to stay on all fours. We got to stand up. Just and we could use we could basically rugby tackle them if we wanted to, which it, I did at one point. It was a dope red rover. I, oh, I look at me, Hallie. I'm covered in rug burns. I know. And they were trying as hard as they could to go out the door and get get out and start their own church and going, you know, making that terrible noise. Mm, and, mm. and we are all stopping them. I don't I sort of lost you in the scrum, Hallie. Well, I got kicked. I think Steve accidentally kicked me a couple times. Oh, Steve kicked me twice, too. Yeah. I think he just said, try harder, you know. Well, I, I think we all were trying to show loyalty to Steve. And so we were like, we have to keep them in the corral exactly. i mean is that was that the point we're supposed to keep them in the room yeah, while they were trying, trying to, to get out of the unless room? they were trying to get out and start their own church and by the very end everyone's exhausted the cows did not get out of the corral and steve just used it as a teaching moment and he said see you can try to leave but we're not gonna let you mm-hmm. and that was just so awesome it really is an example of what leadership looks like because say what you will give it any highfalutin definition you want to uh, leaders are the one that will go first or whatever. You know what I say a leader is? A leader is someone who, when they turn around, are people following them? Yep. Exactly. And that's Steve. He has thousands and thousands of us, hundreds of us on staff, all hundred except for the two defectors. And I like, don't want to follow somebody like Casey. I mean, I want to follow a, a guy who knows who he is, who's you know an alpha male, who's really taking charge. And is strong and protective and sort of like that, you know, the, 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 the that is the figure, that daddy figure that you really need. And I'm not going to go follow Casey right. after his little right. couch. What's Casey's church going to be? We all sit around and cry into each other's shoulders and, you know, like. No. 
So Steve is showing us what it means to be strong, to have standards. And speaking of mamby-pamby and alpha male, my son Day was telling me recently, he was reading about alpha male because my kids were talking about how, you know, it, you know, have you heard of man spreading when men spread their legs real wide so their legs are over, lopping over into somebody else's oh, seat? Oh, no. I've heard of mansplaining where a guy knows the right answer. Exactly. Well, my husband, Lance Labonte, was telling the kids, he was like, it's not a, a choice that we're trying to throw our legs on you and take oh, okay. over part of your seat. My son, my, my, my husband, Lance Labonte, was telling my son, Day, he's like, men have to spread their legs wider because it's, it's a physiological thing. Right. It could actually, if if they put their legs together, they could crush their genitalia. Oh, exactly. They could do all kinds of internal damage inside their body. They really have to spread out. And, and, And Day was saying, you know, this alpha male stuff is so distasteful to him. And he was saying, mom, alpha male was only a term that was referred to. It was only used to refer to primates until the last couple decades. It has become a thing now that people use to refer to humans. They've appropriated this language for primates that was helping us understand primates. And now men are using it like it's some kind of term of pride and Day was telling me, he was like, all the alpha male attributes are descriptions of primate behavior. And I said, well, maybe it's primal behavior, not primate. And, um, you know, it's okay for men to be alpha males because the Bible says they're the head of the household. It's a great response. With great power comes great responsibility. Right. Don't and, give them guff. And, you know, the word that I think of there is primacy. And that is what Steve has over this church and over this staff. And I don't care what you call them. I think alpha male is a great title for that. And if you have to take the qualities of a gorilla and apply it to a really intensely powerful and strong Christian man. Well, then so be it. Absolutely. What, what, what would those qualities of a gorilla be? It would be the ability to overpower someone. You know what? I want that out of a pastor. I want you to overwhelm me with the grace of Jesus, right. the power of the gospel. Sometimes that comes in the form of, of a kick, you know, when yes. you're trying to keep somebody from playing a cow and running out of a room. And yeah, I got kicked by Steve, but even a sleeping dog knows the difference between being kicked and being tripped on. You exactly. Know? And so I got tripped on today. And and so be it. If I have to show my loyalty and, and support my leader, goodness gracious. Well, didn't he, when he kicked you, didn't he say, get back in there, Hallie? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm sort of flattered that he knew it was me and that he knew I was right there by his side fighting, fighting in his army. And then he came up with such a great spontaneous sort of gift for all of us to kind of, you know, let us all simmer down. He said, lunch is on me. I'm taking the whole staff, except these three defectors, I'm taking the whole staff too. Golden Corral. And I just (laughs) said, oh my goodness, that is inspired. (laughs) And tasty. Yeah. Well, I couldn't eat anything there. It's all just, you know, packed with carbs. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, 
You will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. Because I really value truth, misinformation really, really scares me. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about Conspirituality, a podcast that dismantles new age cults, wellness grifters, and conspiracy mad yogis. At their best, they attack public health efforts in times of crisis. And at their worst, it's like they're recruiting for the fever dream of QAnon. On Conspirituality, you will have a journalist, a cult researcher, and a philosophical skeptic all discussing stories and cult dynamics and helping educate us and using proven science as their guiding light. I really recommend the Jordan Klepper episode talking about creating comedy in the MAGAverse. Jordan's incredible. And I also really love the medical medium episode. It's really good. And not just because I've had my own weird experiences with mediums. <laughs> From exploring cults to analyzing our cultural and political landscape, the Conspirituality Podcast will help you stay informed against misinformation and resist fear tactics. Find Conspirituality on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just like Jesus said, let the little children come to me, our guest today welcomes the little children in our milk and honey children's ministry. It is PC Dearson. Welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. I'm so, so excited. Well, oh, PC, thank you for thanking. Whenever I see you, you are being followed by, usually you've got one of those long ropes and you've got a bunch of little kids hanging onto it. They're not on the rope. Kids on so, a rope. Yeah, <laughs> almost, like a, almost like a shepherd or something. So tell us a little bit about what you do down there in the milk and honey children's ministry. Every sinner has a past and every saint has a story or whatever, that, right? what it, whatever it yep. is. Oh, yeah, they, the old saying. They say, but yep. the point is that they that they there's something that they say, whoever yep. they are. Isn't that right? Um, yep. Yep. But I, my past, and, and people should know this, I'm very upfront about it, I don't have a background in child development. I wasn't even interested in it and still am kind of not. Okay. But I came to, you know, the 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 church, you know, fathers, the heads of the church and I said I want to run a coffee cart. Um, you know, and I was thinking very sort of like, you know, third, fourth wave, you know, coffee cart. Right. And I was sort of thinking, I was imagining you kind of kind of like little font, you know, where you'll see a place and it has like the everything's lowercase and it has an ampersand. And I was Ooh, thinking like yeah. milk and honey, you know, doesn't that sort of sound like a right. 
kind of a, a Christ-like biblical third wave, fourth wave, you know, coffee shop. Right. And so they were like, well, we've been looking for a name for our, you know, our sort of kindergarten, you know, that age uh, ministry. And so milk and honey seemed to fit. You know, we talked about it should have like a little, sometimes when you see a daycare and it's sort of like in the, in that kind of scrawled crayon font and there's yeah, a little yeah. like backwards and kind of like Toys R Us, They're like milk and honey. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, so, you know, have fun with that. And I was just thinking I was going to slink off to the parking lot and get in my Corolla. Uh, but they were like, great. So you start, you start Monday. So, I mean, I think that's really a God thing though, where, you know, you, you came to the church really wanting to do sort of a, an artisanal coffee cart and you were really obsessed with, it sounds like just fonts and lettering. Yep. And then what God put in front of you is like, hey, let's take this this name, this milk and honey name, mm-hmm. and and we'll change the font and lettering, and we'll not only, uh, I'll not only uh, help you have a job, but I'll do you one better, and I will have you leading children now. Actual and I think, children, yes, yeah, actual people. children, and that to me, Hallie, what a God thing, and I just think it's just so cool. Well, he was diverted. He's, uh, I feel like PC was like Paul on the road to Damascus. Paul thought he was going to go persecute some Christians and build some tents, and instead Jesus said, nah, I'm going to turn you into an evangelist extraordinaire, and I feel like PC, you know, you, you had the idea to be a barista, and instead God said, I'm going to have you minister to children. And I think just the fact that you had already thought of milk and honey, you know, who's got time for extra letters, not kindergartners. Also, you know, church leadership took one look at you and said, well, we don't have any jobs available for what he wants because, you know, we already have the do this uh, in remembrance of tea coffee shop. So um, uh, they just directed you into where there was an opening, which is working with the kindergartners, which I think is so beautiful because we don't get a lot of men working in the children's ministry. A lot of time that's where we throw the gals we say hey you know how to make them with your bodies so you know how to make them understand jesus and make them be quiet but to have a man that these kindergartners can look up to i can see why the church leaders wanted you there totally. powerful yeah and i and i i think that people have a general understandable skepticism of just like just males in general that are in a, a child care capacity because they're sort of you know especially in a religious setting because they're just thinking eh. You know, they don't really know, but there's something about it that their meter's kind of going off. And and uh, that's, that's you know, I get that. But for me, they immediately don't have that reaction because they're just like, we can tell you don't really want to be here. You know, they're just like, we just know that you're just not that into it. And we love that about you because that means that you're cool. You're, you're, you're safe. safe. You're, you're not, safe you're not a, yeah. you know, a, a CRWP, you know. Right. That's right. I mean, if you were overzealous to get in there with the kiddos, they'd be like, well, he might be a fiddler. You know what I mean? But if you're like, I don't know if this is for me, bam, this guy doesn't look at kids that way. Yeah, exactly. That I have like just an open ambivalence and an indifference to it that they're just like, good for you. That's You're right. Safe. So That's I want right. to ask a bit about your background um, because, you know, somebody who uh, is really thinking about coffee all the time and then ends up in a children's ministry, what were you doing in that time before you came to know Jesus and Christ specifically? Well, I was working as a, as a barista in a, a large coffee uh, conglomerate. Okay. Do you want to name it? Uh, we don't have to. We, you know, it, it, it's, uh, they have a, a, a mermaid as their... Uh, mm-hmm. um, Green and as, white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As, their, as their logo. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just say this. Let's say that there once was a, uh, a person like me, allegedly, who was working at this large coffee chain, and they had... Uh, um, 
they got their uh they have like longer hair and so let's say that this place it saves them you know two cents on every cup of coffee if that coffee grinder grinds just a little bit quicker and there's okay. like not a, an easy way to shut it off you know okay. if it's just like once it starts grinding it just goes and this person's hair got stuck in it and they got really uh they got pulled into the machine uh oh. and they lost a lot of blood okay. and uh theoretically and they had a near-death experience and uh they while they were um uh bleeding out all over this uh grocery store front of a grocery store um, oh it was one of those oh, yeah, kiosk yeah. Inside kind of like of kind of the cheap one i don't know yeah, why those always feel cheap tiny yeah. ones inside the yeah just a little bit worse yeah um and kind of like a target yeah. yeah all the coffee tastes a little bit like popcorn um because somehow the popcorn smell from the front of the target has kind of also infused the mm-hmm. you know the coffee at this particular place and let's say instead of uh smelling that popcorn suddenly you were you were smelling sulfur mm, okay. and that's because you were having a uh near-death experience and and you saw this light and then the light turned red and you were in hell <gasps> oh, oh this is a fascinating no. theoretical so yeah, so imagine it's like it's like real fire. It's real people who you can see the agony in their eyes. Their guts are being pulled out, okay. and they have like infinity guts, you know, that <gasps> is being are just constantly being eaten by these demons that are like just like loving the the guts. And uh, so you saw that. You saw all that. It's a cautionary tale about pay attention when you're uh, grinding the beans. But amazing, nonetheless, because we always hear stories of near death experiences. Somebody died on the table during heart surgery, whatnot, and they're moving toward the white light, and it's warm and it's comforting and they have a peace they've never experienced before and it's pure abundant joy and they're on their way to heaven before they hear clear and it brings their heart back to life and they come shooting back into their body and they're like no I was almost in heaven it was wonderful we never hear the story of someone saying I'm moving down toward a red light there are bowels being disemboweled there are demons it looks like a heavy metal album I mean this all checks out and I have to commend you for your honor Honesty, because everybody says they were on their way to heaven and here you were on your way to hell. I mean, that must have turned your life around. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, and you guys can edit this afterwards. It's 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 between you and me. It oh, was it, me. It, it yeah. was Starbucks. And I did want to point out, I thought it was awesome when I saw the kids on the rope last week and everybody had a little macchiato cup. And I was like, what are they? You know, I thought there was juice or something. But now I'm realizing where well, you're just giving. I mean, you're still kind of trying to practice the whole coffee thing with the kids. My theory was like, what if this is actually the perfect thing where like oh. I can make them you know, uh, coffee drinks and they can, they can drink them. And then that stimulant, since they're already so stimulated, will actually bring them down, you know, kind of like how Ritalin works. That's cool. And has it worked? No. Okay. Not in the slightest. I do have a Starbucks question, as long as I have a Starbucks uh, expert here. Now, why do they always mess up the names? It's almost like these baristas are trying to do it. They're trying to outdo each other. Somebody can just say Jenny. And then the next thing you know, the barista is calling out nonsensical syllables that sound like Taika Waititi. I mean, again, while we're off the record here, and I, I this can't go in the actual okay. show, okay. but <laughs> it is. it comes down from corporate oh really like everybody has a quota you need to misspell five names a week oh, wow. and then you feel like for every one time that somebody tweets a picture of it and then gets you know like a handful of likes because it's pretty cliche at this point 
there's four people who are just like, hey, you didn't hear me. You don't see me. I'm in here right. every week, but mm. you have to do it. You know, we don't have Starbucks in Australia, but we but what we do have is um, a place called uh, Don Dick Waggler's Big Bean Bonanza. And what that is, and I thought this was always really good, is you could only order one kind of coffee. It's a small eight-ounce coffee, and everybody gets the same thing. And so then you never run into this marketing problem, uh, you know, uh, uh, this issue of spelling people's names wrong. Because, you know, he's like, I'm Don Dick Wagler, there's a big bean bonanza, and we're just going to give you this one coffee, and that's it. And the coffee's really bad, and, and you know, everybody just expects it to be that way. I, I, <laughs> um, that's so funny that you say that, because actually in the American barista community, we look at Don Dick Wagler's big bean bonanza, and that's actually, they're like revered, you know? Oh, really? Because cool. all of us, you're so out there, and, 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 and everybody's like, oh, I, I like my drink a little bit like this. I like it a little bit like that. But there's actually one good cup of coffee. You know, right. there's one way to do it. There's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And like, people think they're like, oh, I like my coffee like this. And it's like, no, you like sugar. You like right. milk. Uh -huh. The customer isn't always right, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, never. And you know, not to bring this back to God all the time, but I do want to point out that, you know, there is one true God, yep. right? Yep. And and we're giving you that version of God. That you're not getting like, hey, I want a macchiato God or hey, I want this, I, I want my God with a little bit of foam on top. It, I, and I'm basically saying, you know, what we do here at Twin Hills is we're giving you that Don Dick Waggler's Big Bean Bonanza cup of coffee and we're going, this is God. Take it or leave it. And if you leave it, hey, bud, you know, there's no other place to go, you know? And so that's what I really think is like, it doesn't really matter if the coffee is good or bad because there's only one coffee. That's right. Speaking of names and writing names on cups and mm -hmm. all that, I wanted to ask you about your name, PC. I mean, a lot of people know PC as a very bad word, politically correct. This is this terrible liberal culture trying to take over, um, you know, a, a God-honoring nation of, uh, I mean, we got God on the dollar bill. This is a Christian country. And here these PC people are coming in saying we can't even pray in school or anywhere. Um, and uh, I just wonder do you get a lot of discrimination against you from christians because of your pc name yeah people um assume that you know for whatever reason it'll be like they'll bring their kid into the the kindergarten and they'll be like oh hey you know i know he's he's a kindergartner but uh he still has his binky and then they'll look at me in a weird way and they'll be like uh if i can even say that uh, and uh, you know they're like i don't right. know if that's uh uh right. you know just right. kind of in the, and and i and it puts me in a weird place where i'm like i'm i'm not particularly you know i guess politically correct just because that's my name um, oh so your name is political no it's not no oh. no, no 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 it 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 is it isn't that's what it's it, it's pc but it doesn't stand for that it stands for pringle chad dearson yeah is pringle a family name that's cool it sounds regal it sounds british i'm named after a single uh chip you put two of them against each other, put them in your mouth, you make the duck bill. And, you know, my kids were just telling me, they go to public school, I got to drag them out of there because they said one of their sex ed teachers was putting two Pringles together, talking about how it's a labia, which I didn't even know what a labia was, really? but I love Pringles. I love the cheddar ones. I love the sour cream and onion ones. Well, you don't want to do be eating them after you heard that. Oh, I love a Pringle and I love a protective can. No, no shards of chips there. It's, you know, it's funny that you should, you talk about doing duck, duck bill lips with, with Pringles. 
and that's another thing. People will, you know, sometimes even kids will be like, oh, their parents have packed them little snacks or little, you know, little things to, to have during snack time, you know, um, and they'll be making the little duck bill face and then they'll look at me and they'll be like, if I can even do that, yeah, you know, maybe right. that's not oh, allowed the anymore. Do that. The right, kids will offend the, the ducks. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I just go, and again, it makes me feel weird where I go like, I don't know why you would assume that that would offend me or that, that anyone would be offended. That, exactly. That ducks would take offense, but they just assume that I'm some sort of vessel for political correctness because that's my name again i don't even particularly care about that stuff um but yeah but they just uh, assume that i that i do um and in a similar way people will often pull out their iphones and then look at me and be like oh or i'm sorry whoops you know uh-huh. oh i see mm-hmm. wait so they pull out their iphone and they say if i can even do that so i don't really understand that one yeah i think it's because they think that i will somehow be offended because my name is pc and there was a long-running series of apple commercials in the 2000s featuring john hodgman where he was a sort of stodgy stuck up you know he represented personal computers pcs and then justin long was like a cool young person and he represented mac which is like a different platform and so they're they for some reason those things are in opposition to them because iphones are an apple product and uh so they're so good they put put that on me nothing makes a joke better than explaining it then you get to enjoy it twice well i love justin long i always thought he would be so much better looking if he could gain like 30 pounds but i really did think he had a movie star face pc dearson was played by dc pearson follow him at dc pearson I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Grey Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes.